game week we are ready to go jd and i are here and we cannot wait to get after it and talk about everything we want to discuss on this week's podcast per usual i'm your host walk joining me as always is my best friend my day one the guys my best man the guys has been uh through hell and back with me jd what's going on brother what's going on man nothing man just uh it's been a tough week for you yeah yeah, no, better things are ahead. <laughs> yeah, you're right, you're right. All right, so, J.D., uh, real quick, before we get into this week's podcast, man, obviously today is the uh, 20th anniversary of 9-11, you know, and obviously we were eight years old when that happened. Do you remember exactly, like, where you were and what happened when you learned about the Twin Towers? Yeah, I do. I was um, on my way to school because we had late start at school. I think mm-hmm. it's school until about 9.30 back in those days, so... Mm-hmm. I watched it on the news before I went to school, mm-hmm. and uh, I I very vividly remember me being the only kid not taken out of school by their parents that day. So, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember as well. I was in a third grade classroom. I was in Mrs. Lampson's class. I remember she, like, abruptly left, and we were all like, yo, what's going on? Again, we're all eight years old at the time in third grade, and uh, she came back and said, you know, that the uh, – the World Trade Center has been hit by a plane. And again, I was thinking at eight years old, right, that, oh, it was an accident. Like, it's no big deal. Right. Like, it was, you know, just an innocent, naive little kid. And then you learn of the second one. And you learn of the terrorist act, or attack, you know. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and I don't know. It just, it's, it's still crazy to think that something like that could truly, that like, some of that actually happened. Like I even like, it's so crazy because I teach my, you know, my students now and I was talking with all of them yesterday about the significance of this event. And like, number one, they weren't even born yet. These kids right. that I teach. And it then history to them. Yeah. Yeah. And number two, like, they're just like, it doesn't seem real. And I was just like, right. well, it was, you know, and it was just such a devastating, you know, terror act. It was- it's one of those moments you're, you're just you, you remember exactly where you are no matter how old you were mm-hmm. exactly you will never ever forget where you were when that occurred man but ultimately you know i it it, it taught me at a young age man don't take life for granted you don't know when it's going to happen nope and not and the world isn't all sunshine and rainbows man that's right it's not man it's not it's not at all but again before we get started, you know, we just want to kind of pay homage to the uh, the first responders, the NYPD, the New York Fire Department as well, all those who lost their lives and all those who fought for our country here on the War on Terror. All right, JD, so let's get into our, I mean, I can't, I'm so excited for tomorrow. 425 tomorrow cannot get here fast enough. But uh, JD, what I want to start off with is just a quick little uh, overall just season preview with the Browns. We have a few quick questions that we just want to discuss. Uh, that first question, you know, what are you most excited about for this 2021 Cleveland Browns season? The thing, the single most thing I'm probably most excited about this season coming up is the revamp defense. Okay, us being Browns fans, we've never seen a formidable defense in our lifetimes, at least, at least in my short 28 year years of life um so it's easy to get excited about and um 
you know, there's little question marks here on the coaching side of things on that side of the ball. But I mean, it, it, it's shaping up to be a, something to actually be excited about something that you can actually hang your head on. So that's probably what I'm the most excited to, to see tomorrow. Yeah, I hear you, man. It's an Alex. I'll get into my, uh, um, because that's actually my answer for the next question. But for me, what excites me the most is the fact that we are running it completely back on offense. All 11 starters are returning. And I'll tell you what, man, I don't know about you, JD, but I expect a jump in points per game. Last year, we were 20, we had scored about it was 25 and a half, which is 14th in the NFL. And I'm also expecting a jump in yards per game, which is 370 yards. And that was uh, 16th in the NFL. I'm expecting us to be in the top 10 in both with everybody coming back and everybody knowing the system like the back of their hand. Yeah, that's a that's a key point right there. Everybody playing in the same same system again. I think that's what's really going to highlight the jump that you are uh, expecting. Mm-hmm. And once again, this is the first year in Baker Mayfield's four years. He's had the same coaching staff, the same play caller, the same offensive structure, like everything around him is the same. And you have to feel good about that. Yeah, it's the first time. I mean, it's the second time it's happened in his football career. You know what I'm saying? And look what happened when in his second year at Oklahoma, he won the Heisman. Mm-hmm. So, And he became the number one overall pick. That's right. All right, so who or what intrigues you the most on this Browns team this year? I think what could have the highest ceiling is the defensive pass rush. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, we were formidable in that aspect last year because you could just count on Garrett, no matter if you got double team, triple team, single team, whatever the case may be, he was going to get to the quarterback. When you add someone like Jadavian Clowney, I think uh, when you're talking about defense, that has, you know, it has the potential to have the highest ceiling uh, with Clowney on the opposite side. You got two people you got to worry about. And I don't think the NFL has seen uh, what Clowney truly could be. You know what I'm saying? And him uh, participating in his first uh, preseason action you know, with OTAs and training camp and stuff like that. I think that has, I think there's a very good chance we might, we might be seeing something special there on the edges. Yeah. So that kind of goes into my answer as well. You know, what intrigues me most this year is, and you, you said it, that it was what you were most excited about. For me, this is what intrigues me the most. And it is that new look, that revamped defense. You know, there is so much speed now defensively, right? Greg Newsom, JOK, John Johnson, Grant, the return of Grant Delpit, the return of even Grady Williams, Troy Hill, Jadavian Clowney, Tech McKinley, uh, Malik McDowell, even on the defensive line, right? Like there is so much speed on this defense now, and I just can't wait to see it, you know? Ultimately, this uh, this revamped defense is for three reasons. Chiefs, Bills, Ravens. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it, man. That's it. And, you you know, I, I truly believe it was specifically designed to beat those teams. Mm-hmm. You know. Exactly. Because, look, if you can beat those teams, well, then you can probably go to the Super Bowl. You can beat We're any getting... team if you can beat that's, those teams. That's right. That's right. All right, third one. What are you most concerned about with this team? Injuries. It's one word, injuries. Uh, the only thing standing in the way, you know, with the, with the loss of J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards with the Ravens, I think the path to the AFC North title is ours. You know, I'm saying that, and I think the only thing standing in our way is the injuries. And the only reason I put so much emphasis on that is because we've already been bit by the injury bug in the preseason. Now, I know most of our players are healthy going into the season, but 
injuries tend to linger. You know what I'm saying? Especially lower body injuries. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I wholeheartedly agree, you know, but at the same time, like in the game of football, there's going to be injuries, you know, it's the fact that hopefully we can minimize those injuries and minimize yep. the damage to uh, um, what occurs uh, for me, JD. So I'm going to give you my honorable mention real quick. My honorable mention is the kicking game. I, I don't hmm. trust Chase McLaughlin. Chase McLaughlin was just added to the injury list all of a sudden. Yep. And I'll, and I'll be honest, I don't even remember what the name is of the backup kicker we signed. Isn't it? I uh, uh, isn't like Chris, like, like Chris Kinner or Chris, uh, that, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So again, matter. this, that, that portion of special teams <laughs> absolutely terrifies me. Like literally if I'm Kevin Stefanski tomorrow, I'm going for it every fourth down because I just do not feel good about it. Um, but I will say this though, JD. What I am, in all seriousness, the most concerned I am, and it goes along with what I'm so intrigued about, I'm concerned about Joe Woods. That, that, that gives me a lot of anxiety in his play calling this year. We talked about a couple of weeks ago when he, we had a press conference, and he was already making excuses for, oh, I can't mm-hmm. do my exact dime set of what I want to do with Grant Delpit hurt. Okay, Okay, I get that. Stop saying that. Like, start saying, you know, we have to adjust. We have to do this. We have to do that. And, right. like, adjust your package. Adjust it, you know. Last year, you know, so ultimately I, he, just, he needs to prove he's the, he's the defensive corner, that he's the guy. Last year, they were the Browns were 17th in yards allowed last season, 21st in points, giving up about 26 points a game. And I want to see him attack more, you know. A guy like Jeremiah Owusu-Koromora, who can not only cover, he can blitz the quarterback. He can get after it. You bring in Jadavian Clowney. You bring in Tech McKinley as well, right? We have guys who can cover now on the outside. I want to see him attack more. Last year, the Browns were 30th in blitz percentage with only 21% of the time they blitz, 24th in pressure percentage, only about 22% of the time, dead last in quarterback knockdowns and quarterback knockdown percentage. Which is literally like once the quarterback gets rid of it, it's literally knocking him down. So it's getting close right. to him. Only 35 quarterback knockdowns, and only 6% of the time did we uh, knock the, the opposing quarterback down. And then we were 16th in sacks last year with 38. And I'll tell you what, when we didn't have Miles Garrett, that number was pretty terrible. We were not getting to the quarterback at all. So again, I just need, I'm concerned about Joe Woods because I just, I'm tired of people. Like I listen to Cleveland Browns daily religiously. They make excuses for Joe Woods. Like, like it's like, like it's just, it's crazy. They're like, Oh, he couldn't run what he wanted to last year. And he did a good job with what he had this and that. Okay, great. This is the NFL. You need to be professional. And like, I'm sorry, but like if you're talking about a defense that finished overall 20th in the NFL, that's not good. And with this new revamp roster, if you're not, I've said this before, if they are not top 10, Joe Woods should be fired. He has a I lot agree. to prove. He has so much to prove. And I am not willing to buy in yet until I see it on the field. No, we, I mean, these, he, you're right. He does have a lot to prove. And, you know, we, we didn't see it last year. We brought him in with the, with the understanding that he was going to make something out of nothing with our defense. Because mm-hmm. we had nothing on defense last year. We had Denzel Ward and uh, Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett, yeah. And, That's and Sheldon Richardson it. to an extent. Sure. Okay, yeah. To sure. an extent. To but, an extent. But he's not a skiing player, man. He's good in his own right. You know what I'm saying? He's good. He's just a good player. 
Mm-hmm. So his job last year, you know, him being to the Super Bowl and stuff like that, we're supposed mm-hmm. to expecting him to make something out of nothing. And he, you know, we we didn't win because of our defense. None of the games we won, you could say, oh yeah, our defense was great that game. No, it was our offense. Mm-hmm. Our offense won our games. So, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. And then I mean, our defense also lost us some games, right. like one hundred percent, and yeah. almost blew games against Dallas and against Tennessee. Like, let's not forget about that. Because yep. Joe Woods got way Steelers. too conservative. And the Steelers. And the wild card game. Yep. Well, even, even think to the last game of the regular season when the Browns clinched, like we were winning 24 to 9. Joe Woods' yeah. defense lets up 13 points in a matter of seconds. We lost to the Jets. Okay. <laughs> we lost to the Jets. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. All right, JD. So let's move on before we get too invested into how much we dislike Joe Woods. Um, but. Three bold predictions, AKR, AKA. This is our this is our hot take section, man. What you got? Okay, number one, Ch- Chubb leads the NFL in rushing yards next year. Ooh. Now, I think Chubb would have took that title last year if he didn't get injured. Mm-hmm. I do, I really do, mm-hmm. and uh, I think if he stays healthy, he takes the title. Just because, you know, that's just the type of back he is, man. Mm-hmm. He's not going to catch it that much out of the backfield. No, I do think he will catch it out of the backfield more than he did last year. But I just think with the Brown scheme and how much they actually do run the ball, mm-hmm. uh, that it's the stars are aligned for him to, uh, you know, take the title. Do you think the Browns are still going to rush the ball as much as people think? I do, I do, especially early on in the season. Early on in the season, it's something that they're probably going to lean on just to get uh, Baker Mayfield acclimated and get everybody, you know, on the right side and bring a little continuity from last year. Now, over the over the course of the season, when Baker Mayfield does start to settle in, you know, four games in, five games in, I do think you see the transition that you talk about a lot to the passing game. That's when I start – that's when I think that stuff will start happening. So you but think I do it's think gonna, it's going to – it's going to be run heavy early on in the season, like especially tomorrow. Especially tomorrow when we're going to try to use clock a lot and not get Patrick Mahomes the ball. So a popular thing has been said, especially by Bill Belichick, is that back when he had Tom Brady, again, life is obviously just easy. But, right. you know, when Tom Brady was there, the new, Bill Belichick would talk about how the month of September was always just like a litmus test. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. To like see yeah. like where like where your team's at, you know. So do you expect it to kind of shift after the first month of the season? I think it's all dependent on production, man. You know, whatever's working is what they're going to run with. I think Kevin Stefanski is smart enough to make that decision. Sure. Okay. Excellent. JD, my first hot take. Jadavion Clowney will have 10 plus sacks this year. Wow. That's a hot take. <laughs> I know. But hey, I think he he is never, I mean, uh, Miles Garrett is going to be getting double and triple team, man. And I think that is going to leave it wide open for Jadavion no. Clowney, you know, no. especially with if he's as good as we think he can be in the run game as good as he's been in the past. Like, again, when you get a running quarterback, maybe it's easier for him. Don't know. Okay. But ultimately, and I think that with the extra game, it helps too. you know, that 17th game. Now, again, if Jadavian Clowney gets hurt at all, you can just wipe this take off because it's just not going to happen. Right. Okay. But that's my first hot take that Jadavian Clowney will have 10 plus sacks this season. JD, your second hot take. My second hot take is Miles Garrett will break the Brown single season sack record. And I yeah. don't think that's I don't think that's that hot of a take. I think it's just a matter of time before he does. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. just an ex an extra game 
It's just if he stays healthy, an extra game kind of solidifies that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. My second one is this: Greg Newsom or JOK will be defensive rookie of the year. One of our yeah. top two draft picks will be defensive rookie of the year. I think Greg Newsom is going to play a critical role, and so is JOK this season. On I think JOK coming, you know, on a blitz in coverage. Greg Newsom specifically opposite of Denzel Ward. Again, he's going to be thrown to the wolves tomorrow, man, and I'm excited to see how he pans out. But I think tomorrow is only going to help that young man, Greg Newsom. And again, we've been high on him since we drafted him, and we've all discussed, you know, how uh, he's already probably a better option than Greedy Williams at this point, yeah. anyways. So absolutely bigger, faster, stronger, mm-hmm. uh, smarter, mm-hmm. just yeah, and yeah. more healthy. Yep, definitely. And then JD, your third and final hot take: Denzel Ward stays healthy all year and makes another Pro Bowl. Wow. Yeah. Again, I could see the Pro Bowl no matter what, but it's right. whole staying healthy, man. Home homeboy had trouble staying healthy just already in in yeah. uh, training camp. So that's that's quite a take right there, my friend. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, my third and final one, JD, is this: Baker Mayfield will finish top five in MVP voting this season. Again, I think this is the year where everybody realizes, you know what? This dude is a legit quarterback. In 2018, he was a legit NFL quarterback. Last year, he was a legit NFL quarterback. 2019, yes, he had a lot of his own issues and faults, but at the same time, let's not forget that it was the most dysfunctional franchise ever at that point with a dysfunctional head coach, GM, an offensive coordinator who was dysfunctional and had no interest in being under Freddie Kitchens. Okay. Yeah. I, you know, I think this is the year where everybody's going to realize, okay, this dude is truly legit. I think so. And I think it is, you know, you can't just be, you know, you can't just be a good player. You got to have good support system behind you. And that goes, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like when you're a good running back, you need a good offensive line or else you're not going to be anything. Right. It's, it's the same, same, same premise. Yep. Same concept. Absolutely. All right, so, J.D., let's move on now to our week one Cleveland Browns versus Kansas City Chiefs preview. First and foremost, just the weather report for tomorrow. It is supposed to be sunny with a high of 92 degrees, a 2% chance of precipitation. What a beautiful day to play some football out there in Kansas City, Missouri. All right, so first and foremost, I want to go through the injury report. For the Cleveland Browns, out tomorrow is offensive lineman Michael Dunn with a back injury. And surprise, surprise, Tony Fields is out with an illness, the rookie who has legitimately done nothing ever since being drafted. For the Browns, questionable tomorrow, Odell Beckham Jr. with a knee, J.C. Treader with a knee, Jadavion Clowney with an illness, Grant Delpit with a hamstring Ronnie Harrison with an ankle and Chase McLaughlin with a hamstring. Uh, JD, there are some pretty concerning um, names that are questionable for tomorrow. Um, do you want to comment on any of those uh, who are questionable? It's more just like I have a question of what Savancy's plan is because, um, you know, if you're trying to go in there, I mean, you're trying to win every game, but if you're really trying to go in there and win, like win, win, 
you really think you got a shot. I think you do see some of these players. Now, if you're trying to keep them for the long haul, because it is a long season this year, I think you'll see these players play sparingly. I don't think any of these are like uh, multiple week injuries other than Tony Fields. I think Tony Fields, you won't see Tony Fields probably at all un- unless someone gets injured. Yeah, at this point, I, w- I don't want to see Tony Fields take the field at all. <laughs> if, if, if Tony Fields ever sees the field, we're down bet, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, like with OBJ, for instance, I, I think you'll see OBJ maybe two two play, you know, like just like two series, maybe see how he's doing. If he's doing fine, bring him back for keep him on a snap I, count of some keep sort. Keep him on a snap count of some sort. You know what I'm saying? If the game gets out of hand, he's out. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. Yeah, so Joe Woods said earlier this week in his press conference that he believes that Jadavion Clowney, he's not worried about Jadavion Clowney, that he should be good to go for Sunday, just needs to get up, whatever it is. Um, J.C. Treader, it sounds like, you know, he's been kind of, again, that man has not missed the game since signing with the Browns back in the 2017 season. And, again, I, I Kevin Stefanski said that he believes he will be good to go. And again, I think J.C. Trader, he's just he, he is an old crappy veteran, so I believe in just getting him that time. The key one, that, and again, we all know Odell Beckham Jr., right? He's just still trying to – It's he, he came back very quick from an ACL, right? They're not going to try to rush him back if he ain't ready, et cetera. Right. But the one I am kind of nervous about is Ronnie Harrison popped up later in the week. So, again, hopefully he's going to go for tomorrow because if the Browns don't have Harrison and Delpit, that's a little concerning against this uh, Patrick Mahomes-led offense. Right. All right, now tomorrow for the Kansas City Chiefs, out is backup offensive lineman Austin Blythe with an abdomen issue. Questionable for the Chiefs. At least I believe it has not been announced yet. But questionable for tomorrow is Tyron Matthew. Obviously, yeah. he was diagnosed with a uh, with a COVID-19. Um, he, he is fully vaccinated as well. So, you know, all he he really needs to pass do. a test later today. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He's got to pass a couple of tests. Uh, but again, it sounds like, you know, he didn't really have any serious symptoms. Sounds like the vaccine worked for him. Um, also questionable is defensive end Frank Clark with a hamstring. Frank Clark has just had a tumultuous offseason, man, with numerous different arrests. Like it was a pretty right. rough summer uh, for him. And I think that the NFL is just kind of waiting on, you know, the judicial system in a way to, play his course before he gets some sort of suspension. And then Derek uh, Nadi is out with a hip injury. I'm sorry, is questionable with a hip injury for tomorrow. I'll tell you what, JD, if the if Tyron Matthew can't go tomorrow due to COVID, that's a massive, massive blow to the Kansas City Chiefs. Huge blow. Uh, he played an instrumental role in uh, beating us last year. Mm-hmm. Yes, he so. did. Yes, he did. He's a top, he's a top ten safety. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah just, that'll be huge. Yeah. yeah. So again, obviously, you want you want him healthy. And again, it sounds like he's all good. He wasn't really showing too many symptoms, if any at all. Um, but again, it's uh, if he's out for tomorrow, that's a big blow to that Kansas City uh, pressurized defense. All right. So next, I wanted to go into the quarterback matchup of Baker Mayfield versus Patrick Mahomes. So we'll get to our players to watch later on, and we obviously don't want to waste any. Uh, we both know that quarterback is the most important position in all of professional sports. So we figured we would just give the quarterbacks their own, you know, separate due. I want to start with Baker Mayfield. Last year, Baker Mayfield's completion percentage was sixty-two point eight percent. That was thirtieth out of thirty-five quarterbacks. 
3,563 yards. He finished 18th. 26 touchdowns. He was tied for 12th. Eight interceptions. 95.9 passer rating. That was 15th out of 35 qualified quarterbacks. And a quarterback rating of 72.2, which was 10th out of 35 quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes had a 63 or 66.3 completion percentage. That was 16th in the NFL. 4,740 yards. That was second only behind Deshaun Watson. 38 touchdowns. That was fourth in the NFL. Six interceptions. A 108.2 passer rating. That was third out of 35 eligible quarterbacks. And a QBR of 82.9, which was second out of 35 eligible quarterbacks. So, J.D., the first question I want to ask is, is this in regards to Baker Mayfield. What does Baker need to do to bring a victory home to Cleveland? What does he specifically need to do tomorrow? Now, thank God it's not all on Baker to bring us to victory. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but what Baker needs to do specifically is just play a clean game. You know, the, let it show from last year. Baker, every time you played a clean game, we won. Uh, play a clean game. Get it to the playmakers. Let them do their thing. And you just keep on distributing that football. And when we need you to make a big play, I know you can do it. We all know you can do it. You can win a game on your own. I just don't think that is the blueprint to beat the Chiefs. You know what I'm saying? If you don't want to get into a quarterback shootout with that, you know. Uh, no, you do not. No. So it just not play a clean game. Situation. Control the turnover game. Do not give the ball to the. Do not give the ball back to Patrick Mahomes, and just keep on feeding it to your playmakers. Let them work. Yeah, I agree. I think you you, uh, you really hit the nail on the head right there, J.D. Um, really, I think, yeah, Baker just needs to play and build off how he finished last season. You know, from week seven on, and this is according to Pro Football Focus, Baker Mayfield was a top three quarterback last season yeah. in, numer in numerous different rankings, in numerous different categories. Typically, he was behind Aaron Rodgers and either Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson. You know, and according to PFF, he was the eighth best cornerback last year with an 85.7 grade, which is a pro bowl elite level. You know, ultimately yeah. with Baker, Hey, spread that ball around, get yourself comfortable and go out there and do your thing, man. Take care of that football. And I truly think that if he can do that, then I think good things will be in line for us tomorrow. Not only that, it's just like, we won't be talking about how Baker Mayfield lost us the game and stuff mm -hmm. like that. You know what I'm saying? You know? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you need to see from Baker, J.D., that's different from his last trip to Arrowhead back in the AFC Divisional round of the playoffs? It wasn't Baker's best game, you know what I'm saying? I, 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 I need more than one touchdown pass. I need less than an interception. And I need more than 203 passing yards, okay? I, I, I need that out of you. That's, that's specifically, if we want to go stats-wise, that's, that's what I need to see from him. Mm -hmm. More than a touchdown pass. And I and no interceptions, zero. If you want to beat the Chiefs, you you can't give the ball to them. Yeah, no, definitely. You know, I think, and what I have written down, JD, is this kind of goes in line with what you said, but it's get the ball downfield, get yeah. it downfield. Whereas last year, like you said, he was twenty three of thirty seven, only two hundred and four yards. JD, yeah. that equated to only five and a half yards per attempt. That is yeah. not going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. You do need to air it out a little bit. You need to get that ball downfield. You need to have those big chunk plays that not only take some time off the clock, but it keeps the ball in your hands and it keeps Patrick Mahomes off the field. And you get greedy and you can get more points potentially. 
You know, not only so, that, you put you you put the you put the defense on their heels. You know what I'm saying? If you if you make the chunk plays, they're not going to know what's coming. Impose your will. Impose mm-hmm. your will. Yeah, no, definitely. You know, and I think that tomorrow, again, I believe it's going to be on a snap count, but use Odell Beckham Jr. wisely. Donovan Peoples-Jones should be used early and often tomorrow as a downfield threat. And you know what? Bring Anthony Schwartz out, too, because when he's on the field, that that defense led by Steve Spagnuolo is going to have to think, okay, here's a potential deep threat. He's fast as hell. We have to take try to like we have to try to stop him from taking the top off, you know, and maybe that can open up more underneath things for either DPJ, Odell, Jarvis, Hollywood Higgins, even Hooper and Joku. Yep. Don't let the defense dictate where you go with the ball, man. Just you know, be strong on offense and then just pick them apart. So let's go from Baker, JD. Let's let's talk about Patrick Mahomes a little bit. How the hell? Do the Cleveland Browns and let alone just the NFL, how do they stop the alien that is Patrick Mahomes? Well, there's two things. So the way the Browns almost stopped Patrick Mahomes was giving him turf toe. Okay. That is the only that's one of the only things I could say. Either <laughs> take him out the game completely, or if you want to be realistic, the way the Bucks did it last year, you got to take his O line out of the picture. You know what I'm saying? Miles Garrett and Jadavia Clowney and the interior D-line have to be a factor. They have to. You cannot sit in, you cannot let Patrick Mahomes sit in the pocket and let Tyreek Hill take the top off your defense and open up the middle and just let him sling it around all over the place for 400, 500 yards. That's not a recipe for success. Uh, you got to take the O-line out of the picture. You got to make, like our edge rushers, they have, to, they have to be the stars of tomorrow's game. It starts with them. Yeah. Yeah. Again, all I have written down, JD, with a big old exclamation point is pressure him. Yep. You have to make him uneasy. You have to make him uncomfortable in the pocket where he looks just run outside of the pocket. Like he doesn't yeah, even look down the field. Yep. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers set the blueprint from last year's Super Bowl. Now, here's the issue, though. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are one of the most aggressive defenses in the, in the league last year. And they will continue to be as long as Todd Bowles is their defensive coordinator. OK, Joe Woods is not aggressive. Joe Woods needs to be aggressive tomorrow. And that's what I said earlier. He has got to pressure Patrick Mahomes because that's the blueprint to win. Ultimately, the Browns need to win at the point of attack. Both, both, I mean, if we're talking defense here, they have to win defensively. They have to because there's a completely new offensive line now around Patrick Mahomes, which we'll talk about a little bit later. And you have the defensive line has to win that point of attack and make Patrick Mahomes uncomfortable, make him uneasy. You have to. I mean, the thing is, you don't want Patrick Mahomes, Patrick, Patrick Mahomes to start picking you apart. You know what I'm saying? Just drop back, you know, let his let the routes develop and, you know, just get into his wide open tight ends or Tyreek Hill. You don't want to do that. What you want to do is make Patrick Mahomes run for his life. Make him make him beat you with the spectacular plays that we know he can make. Make him beat you like that. I'd much rather lose that way than just a surgical, you know, just just surgical fucking picking a part of our defense that's you know right little 20-yard post drop by travis kelsey that's what I'm saying. just all the way quick, down the field quick, te- quick tempo 55-yard pass to tyra kill touchdown oh, yeah. seven seven Easy. nothing chiefs yeah. seven nothing yeah. chiefs in three plays yeah that's, <laughs> that's what i don't want yeah uh so jd what do you want to see joe woods do defensively tomorrow to slow down patrick mahomes you got to hold the receivers long enough for miles garrett and Clowney to get to mahomes that's it. 
that's it. Take away Patrick Mahomes' first read. Make him make him think twice on where he's throwing the ball. Just make him think. Make him think more. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Take you just you got to get to the quarterback. Got to get to him. Mm-hmm. You get to him. Make him think twice. Weird things can happen. Mm-hmm. You got one. You got the defensive touchdown leader uh, on the back end of your defense. You got a new safety. You got Clowney. You got JOK, who's a, a budding superstar. All you got to do is get to him and 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 trust. You can actually trust the people behind you now, Miles. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? You can actually trust them. So give it your all every every play, and I think good things will happen. Mm-hmm. Exactly. When at that point of attack. Uh, for me, JD, I actually think it's this. It's not only Miles and Javion and Tech getting there, but man, I want to see Joe Woods. You know what? Game one. I mean, let the man, let the man loose. Let JOK loose. Yeah. Bring, you know, let him blitz a little bit. Use his speed. Use his ability to make Patrick Mahomes uncomfortable. Again, I mean, Joe Woods had no problem blitzing Trevor Lawrence in the first preseason game of the season. That better be pretty consistent as well throughout the regular season. Not only that, when you blitz, it's not only to get Patrick Mahomes, but you take Edwards Hilaire out the game too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. All right, so Jay, let's move on now to our players to watch for the Kansas City Chiefs. JD, who is your first player to watch? And again, we can, to tell everybody, we actually broke this up half and half because we don't want to waste both of our slots on these two because they're both what we're talking right. about. But JD, go ahead. So the first one is Tyreek Hill, game-changing speed, home run hitter. You know, it's he's a bona fide Pro Bowl receiver every year. Uh, just Denzel Ward's going to have his hands full. I do have a little bit of uh, faith in Denzel Ward to contain him somewhat, but he's someone you're always going to have to have an eye on on the field and always going to have to bring uh, extra help over to guard. So, Yeah, I mean, when you when you talk Tyree Kill, man, like you are talking like one of – if you can make an argument for the best wide receiver in the NFL right now. You know, Absolutely. I mean, it's like he's just – he's just so good. You know, he's so good. Um, yeah, for me, JD, it's Travis Kelsey, the best tight end in the NFL. And hell, he could go down as being one of the best tight ends to ever play the position when all is said yeah. and done and his career is over. Yeah. You know, he's had five straight seasons with a thousand yards receiving, uh, receiving, and he's just such a danger in the middle of the field, you know. So, like, John Johnson, Ronnie Harrison, JOK, if he's not coming on a blitz, like, again, you've got to be able to contain Travis Kelsey. Because then what the Chiefs do, they lull you to sleep with Travis Kelsey. Kelsey, you worry about him underneath. And then guess what? Tyreek Hill goes downfield, boom, touchdown. Bust Chiefs. the top off simple. your offense. It's that yep. simple. It's that simple. You know, again, it's he's just he's so good. And he has just such an incredible catch radius, man, that he is just he's just an incredible tight end. And he is he is part of that new breed that brought in this new era of, <laughs> of tight ends in the NFL. Kyle Pitts, same same makeup. I mean, you could talk. You could talk about George Kittle. You could talk George about Mark, An- Mark Andrews. You could talk about what Kyle Pitts is going to be like. That's all. Yeah, man, that's all Travis Kelsey. Like all these new tight ends who literally don't block. They are not in there to block when they're on the field. It's basically like, oh, okay, there's going to be a, a ball being thrown. Like they're not there to block. Travis Kelsey never blocks. You know, that is like the new hybrid tight end. Like you're a you're a bigger, stronger version of a wide receiver. That's right. All right, JD, your second player to watch is 
McCole Hardman. Well, he's another speedster. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And the reason why he's an important player to watch is because he's going to be lined up uh, right uh, in front of uh, Greg Newsom, the rookie. So uh, it'll be a tough test for uh, Greg Newsom. And, uh, you know, it's we'll, we'll see what the rookie's about tomorrow uh, because McCall Hardman is another speedster. He can definitely get down the field and he can take the top off your defense too. He's got pretty good hands. I think he's a pretty underrated receiver and he would start on most teams. Yeah, I mean, definitely. It's when he's opposite side of again, just him and Tyreek Hill. That is just so, so fast. There's so much speed yeah. there. You know, and I just, so much speed. So, again, it's hey, Greg Newsom, here you go. You're being thrown into the wolves, man. Good luck. Um, yeah, for me, JD, it's Chris Jones. It is their defensive mm-hmm. tackle slash defensive end because it sounds like he's going to be moving a lot on the outside this year, which he is more than capable of doing. He's one of the best defensive linemen in the NFL. You know, he's 32 sacks over the past three seasons, 77 quarterback hits over the past three seasons. He's just a, a physical freak, man. He's just a bully on that defensive line. And, again, we have we have such a fantastic offensive line, but Jedrick Wills is going to have his hands full. Chris or um, Jack Conklin could have his hands full with Chris Jones as well, you know. And, again, they can even move him up the middle. And, hey, what if Nick Harris is starting tomorrow at center? That's not going to be good news for the Cleveland Browns. We'll, we'll see. My third one is going to have to be left tackle Orlando Brown. The that was mine too. Up. That was mine too. The new pickup from the Ravens. Yep. Uh, that, was a, that was a great pickup, uh, part of that new revamped offensive line. Uh, be a good test for Miles Garrett and or Clowney, whichever side uh, they want to line up and whatever snap. But uh, we'll see. We'll see, man. Yeah, again, he, yeah, he was receiving the trade with Baltimore. Okay, can I just say how stupid is Baltimore for trading him to the Kansas City Chiefs of all teams? Like, what are you doing? That, yeah, what I don't understand you that doing? when your goal is to probably face them. in the Like, their goal is to face Kansas City in the AFC Championship. So, I don't right. know why you trade your star left tackle uh, to that team. I don't know. Right. right. I, I just – I don't understand at all. Like – the Baltimore Ravens are trying to build around Lamar to beat the chiefs. Yet they give one of their best offensive linemen up to the chiefs. Oh, congrats. You got a first round pick. Like nobody cares. Like that's ridiculous. I'm sorry. But yeah, but I mean, like you said, he's a symbol of the chiefs revamped offensive line. Uh, so I'm curious to see though, too, he played right tackle with the Ravens and he's moving now to left tackle in Kansas city. So I'm curious to see how he's going to adjust to that. All right, Genius, let's move on now to three players to watch for the Cleveland Browns. And I'll tell you what, man, I had a really tough time because there are just so many dudes to look yeah. out for tomorrow. You know, but who yeah. is your first player to watch from the Browns? I'm sure you have him down, but it is uh, our good boy, J.O.K. Uh, J.O.K. of his hands full. Uh, if he starts, I imagine he would. But uh, Kelsey, Mahomes, those are the two, the two people he's going to be focused on the most uh, tomorrow. And he has a chance to solidify him as not only a starter, but a star in this league if he can make splash plays and contain them too. Yeah, and ironically, though, I did not have JOK written down. Wow. I know. How about that? Uh, JD, my first player to watch is David Njoku. Um, you know, again, let's remember, he played extremely well last year in that divisional round against Kansas City. Uh, he had five targets, four receptions for 59 yards. And he's just become such a – just a much better blocker. Again, he's all in now with Kevin Stefanski and this Browns team. 
And, I, and he's going to play a critical role in the red zone tomorrow. I can feel it. I can feel, I can see him catching like a, a touchdown, you know, on a, on a fade route from Baker tomorrow. Yeah. I just think that yeah. his physicality, like it's going to play huge dividends. And I think Kevin Stefanski is going to show that right away and show. And again, we all heard too about how good of a training camp that he's had. So I, he's my first player to watch just because I think he's had such a good off season. And I think that this could be a year where he proves that, Hey, I'm part of that new breed tight end as well. Yeah. I'm with you. And uh, name someone who can cover in Joku with speed and size. I, I there's that's there's not a lot of people. Not there. many, man. There's not many at all. <laughs> All right, J.D., who's your second player to watch? Who you got? My second player to watch is Nick Chubb. Um, he, I think he rushed for 66 yards last year against the Chiefs in the divisional round. They had two major drops. Um, I'm just thinking Nick Chubb has to be thinking of this game as a revenge game. I know you don't like to think about that kind of stuff. And Kevin Fancy kind of preaches that you don't think about that kind of stuff. A new year, new fresh start, stuff like that. But in his mind, as a player – you got to be thinking revenge game here. You got to be thinking home run every time you touch the ball, especially with the skills that you have, Nick Chubb. Yeah, definitely. And I think you're 100% right, man. I think he's a shark right now. He smells blood in the water, right? Because last year he he left a lot on the table, man. If he catches those two screen passes, it could have been a whole different ball game because there was a lot, of room, a lot of room for him to operate. Um, ironically, J.D., my second player to watch was Kareem Hunt. Uh, mm. Last year, I think we talked about this. I still remember after that divisional round loss. I don't think he touched the ball. He did not touch the ball until the second half. I mean, yeah. and again, Kareem Hunt, again, it was his own doing. It was his own stupidity and his own poor decisions as to why he was cut from uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. But ultimately, like, he's going to be motiv- motivated going back there. Like, feed him as, as much as you can, just like you can feed Nick Chubb. Because Kareem Hunt is just as worthy, especially in that passing game. Yeah, I'm totally with you. And Kareem Hunt's got to be thinking the same thing. Got to be smelling blood in the water. You know he's going to get the ball. He's got to get the ball. Kevin Stefanski has to see his error of last year of not giving the ball to somebody who's mentally motivated to go in and change the game at any aspect. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Especially with his performance of the wild card game. That is what I don't understand why he didn't get the ball last year. JD, give us your third and final player to watch. My third player to watch is going to be OBJ. You know, if there is a game on our schedule where he could really be an X factor and something that they aren't expecting the Chiefs or aren't prepared for, it's this one. They didn't see him last year. You know what I'm saying? He could have changed the game. But, I mean, obviously we'll never know that. But stretching the field, but also being a legit playmaker, like not not just taking the top off the defense with your speed, but being OBJ, you know what I'm saying? Being old L. Beckham Jr., the superstar. Yeah, definitely. Again, I'm curious to see how much he plays tomorrow and see how yeah. often that uh, Stefanski and Alex Van Pelt and Alex Van Pelt have him on the field. But yeah, again, anytime that he's in there, he's a threat. And you know, and I'm tired of people just thinking that he just needs to be this like deep route guy. Odell Beckham Jr. is the best when he catches that five yard slant and he runs and he Look, and he's man. in the open. He's the best receiver on our team. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh my God! Not yeah. Bar, bar none. Not even close. Not even close. <laughs> Anybody who says otherwise is just a disgrace. Uh, yeah, yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, my third and final player to watch, JD, is none other than Greg Newsom. I went the opposite rookie from you. Um, again, he's cornerback too. He's earned that starting job. 
Patrick Mahomes is going to attack him. Like there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Like Patrick Mahomes is going to attack him. And it's also it's trial by fire. You know, it's he's being thrown to the wolves. And you know, but again, this is what you're drafted for. This is what the Cleveland Browns expected of you from the get-go is to come out and compete and to play well opposite side of Denzel Ward. Yeah, 100 percent Greg Newsom, I mean, all lives are gonna be on him. Because if it's not Tyreek Hill making a catch, it's either going to be Kelsey or, or uh, Nicole Hardman. Yep. So. I said, J.D., what is your key storyline to watch <laughs> tomorrow? My number one key storyline is, will the revamp defense actually be a factor in this game? You can make a case that last year, if we had a good defense, we win that game. We win that game if we had a good defense. Yeah, we win a lot more games last year if we have a decent not good, but decent defense. Our defense last year was below average. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I mean this know. this defense right now with this personnel, they wouldn't let Chad Henney run thirteen and a half yards. No, that would never down. happen. That would never happen. No, not at all. Um, yeah, for me, JD, it kind of builds off of what you just said, and it's basically it's our revamped defensive line against their completely revamped offensive line. So again, the yeah. Browns tomorrow, like they're gonna have Miles Garrett, Malik Jackson. Either Malik McDowell and or Andrew Billings, Jadavion Clowney and Tack McKinley uh, on the line. And then listen to this, man. Listen to the Chiefs offense. Orlando Brown is a new left tackle acquired in a trade. Joe Tooney was acquired in free agency. Who, he's a very good left guard. Creed Humphrey is a rookie. And that was yeah. their second round pick this year. Trey yeah. Smith is another rookie. They're six-round pick this six, year at right, at right guard. And then Lucas Niang is in his second season. He's a third-round pick in 2020. He is the starting right tackle. First and foremost, if I'm if I'm Joe Woods, I'm exploiting Miles Garrett on that Lucas Niang right off the bat, right off the bat. Um, but, yeah, the Chiefs' 2020 O-line, J.D., was this. It went Eric Fisher at left tackle, Nick Allegretti at left guard, Austin Ryder, former Cleveland Brown at center, Kaleke Osemele at right guard, and then Mitchell Schwartz, another former Brown, at right tackle. Everybody is new on that offensive line. They have, yeah. again, I know they played in preseason together. Congratulations. That's preseason. This is full go now, and you're going to be seeing Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney and Malik Jackson coming after you. That's a whole different ballgame than facing a mixture of some starters and some backups in preseason. Yeah, man, I what I expect from Joe Woods is heavy blitz, heavy blitz. Make him second guess their blocks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and we're and J- and JD, when you say that, like you're not talking about bringing like seven, eight guys. It's no, like bring no. an extra guy. Maybe yep. bring an, an extra two guys. Like bring four, five, like bring five or six guys consistently. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. All right, J.D., let's get on to one of my favorite segments, three keys to victory. What's your first key tomorrow? Got to contain the playmakers. That's it, man. Make it an old-school, low-scoring game. You know what I'm saying? Those are the games where I think we could win, especially since we don't know what we have yet in the defense. You got to contain people like Kelsey Hill and Mahomes. You have to. You got to put them back in their back in their place. Make them average players with average games. You know what I'm saying? Yep. You got to contain the playmakers because those are the three that are that are going to beat you. Those are the three that beat all the teams. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
Yeah, God, dude, it's just so much easier said than done. Yeah. God, they're just that so is. good. Those playmakers are just unbelievable. Like, it's just this three-headed monster, dude, of Mahomes, Hale, and Kelsey. That's just so unbelievably good. It's just – oh, my God. Uh, my first key to victory, though, J.D., as I mentioned earlier, but it's win the point of attack on both sides. You know, our, mm-hmm. de- our defensive line needs to beat their offensive line, you know, their event line. And then our, our consistent offensive line, who's in their second year together, uh, they need to handle – Kansas City's pressure because Kansas City defense back in 2020, they were ninth in blitz percentage at about 36% of the time, 12th in pressure percentage at about 25% of the time, and fifth in quarterback knockdowns and percentage with 66. So again, Steve Spagnuolo is going to bring a lot of press pressure and try to get that ball out of Baker Mayfield's hands quick. And our offensive line needs to be up to task, which I fully expect them to do so. I hope so, man. I really do. All right. Key to victory number two, J.D., is what? You got to eliminate the big plays, okay? You cannot have a drive that goes, you know, it's looking good. You know, you're giving up minimal yardage, you know, a couple first downs here and there. And then Tyreek Hill busts over the top for 60 yards and a touchdown. Mm. That's what I don't want to see, especially mm. with the new addition of John Johnson back there. You got Greg Newsom over there, too. That kind of stuff is what I don't want to see because that's how they beat teams. You know what I'm saying? They lull them to sleep and then bust the top off the defense. And then next thing you know, the Chiefs are up 17 points, and it looks like it's out of reach. Mm-hmm. It, it not only looks like it is out of reach, there is no right. coming back from that. Exactly. Yeah, for me, my second key, J.D., and you alluded to it earlier, was that ultimately our secondary slows down the Hill, Kelsey, Hardman, and Mahomes connection. You know, right. hopefully they can give our pass rush a chance to get after Mahomes. And um, ultimately, again, I said it earlier, just follow the the uh, the blueprint, man. Just follow the blueprint. Do your job, man. Do your job. Yep. And then your third key to victory, J.D., is what? The clock the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hand and just use the clock. Use it as much as you can. Run the ball. Run a lot. You know what I'm saying? When you got a shot, take a shot, but give Nick Chubb the ball. Give Kareem Hunt the ball. Let him drain the clock. Let him beat down this defense and keep that defense on the field as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so to kind of go along with that, J.D., I think when my third key to victory is this. When the Browns do pass it, Baker attacks downfield. Again, yeah. I, I think – they tried this last year in the playoff game. Don't try to win the time of possession battle. Don't go in there trying to be like, oh, we need to conserve it for this amount of time because Patrick Mahomes can score whether he has time or not. He might have right. had the ball for only 20 minutes out of a 60-minute game, but he can score numerous touchdowns that quickly with that offense. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. So, again, I think that – and because, again, I think Mahomes is going to put up some points tomorrow. I, I truly think so. So ultimately, Baker needs to be able to just like in college. Do you remember that matchup Oklahoma and Texas Tech had Absolutely. back in what was it, 2017? Absolutely. I think it was that incredible yep. game. I mean, again, it's you know, I'm not saying that Baker needs to like do that because the NFL defenses and talents are so much better, obviously. But like at the same time, like Baker needs to be able to attack downfield and not only like keep the ball in our hands, but complete big chunk passes. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We got to impose our will on offense as well. You know what I'm saying? We yep. got to be able to put up points on them just like they can probably put points up on us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that leads us here, JD predictions for tomorrow. What is your prediction? Who wins and why? I think the Browns lose by uh, maybe four points. I'm going to go 31, 27 Chiefs. 
but a, but a, you know, I hate to say moral victories, but that would be a moral victory for me. It really would. Just you know, because our defense is so brand new, man. I definitely expect some errors to be made. You know what I'm saying? It's not like we're bringing back all 11 on defense. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, it's. I mean, you can kind of make an argument, right, that the defense needs to grow like the offense did last year. You know, with so Absolutely. many new uh, new faces and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I went with um, Chiefs 37, Browns 31. I just, I think mm-hmm. that I think the Browns are going to be able to score some points with this offense. I mean, I just don't think the defense is ready. I just don't. Think I, you know. I I don't think the defense is ready yet either. You know what I'm saying? But I think yeah. it it'll be a. I hate to say a good loss, but it'll be, you know, chip on their shoulder material for later on in the season. Well, and I like to think, too, under Kevin Stefanski, they're going to learn. Like, they're going to learn yeah. from this game, you know. Mm-hmm. All right, so, J.D., let's focus on the NFL now as a whole, man. Let's give a, a little NFL preview before we get into our week one uh, picks for each game. All right, J.D., so let's start off with this. Um, in the AFC, I mean, is there any disagreement like Buffalo Bills, AFC champions? AFC champions? Oh, I'm sorry, AFC East That's... champs. I'm sorry, AFC East oh. champs. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Okay. No, I mean, I think the Dolphins aren't yep. too far behind. I just don't think they're not there yet. Patriots are up in the air, and the Jets are the Jets. So, yeah. Yeah. I think the Bills are just – they're just a hungry team. They're just – Too good. You know, they've missed out on – I just think they want it more than any team there. They've already had a taste of it, and they want it. And Sean McDermott's such a good coach. He's unbelievable. Yeah, he's a, good coach. he's a fantastic gotta, coach. And Josh Allen's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Again, that Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs connection is nasty. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I have the same, obviously, AFC East um, with Buffalo. I mean, there's no, I mean, there's no disagreement either here. Like AFC West is going to be Kansas City. Like, let's just, let's just stop yeah, there right. and move on. <laughs> so yeah, they're going to, they're definitely going to win the AFC West. Yes. Yep. And it's not even going to be close. Um, the AFC South, JD, who wins the AFC South? I think the Colts end up taking it. I do think the Colts, and that's only because Carson Wentz is starting tomorrow, okay, and barring injury to him again, you know, I I do think the Colts have it, just because the Colts have a better defense than the Titans, you know, I like the Titans, but they they can't stop anybody from scoring, they never, they haven't been able to. Yeah, see, I actually, I went with the Titans just because I, I don't trust Carson Wentz still. And then I also – I don't know. I just – the Colts had a weird offseason, man. They had a, a really weird training camp. Like, I just think that the Titans' offense is too good. But, again, their their wars will show up when they make the playoffs. They'll probably just get punched in the mouth and they'll be eliminated quickly because yeah. they don't have a defense. But, again, yeah. I still I still think that the Titans – I think the Titans win the AFC South with, like, a 10-7 and seven record. I really do. Okay. Think you know, it's not going to be like they're like they win easily. Right. All right, okay. J.D., Hey, AFC North, save the best for last. Got the Browns, baby. Especially with the injuries that happened to the Ravens, I think it's Browns to lose. I see. I do too. And I literally changed my pick after the injuries to Marcus Peters and Gus Edwards. I mean, again, they still have Lamar Jackson. He's a running back in and of himself. But, like, at the same time, man, like, Marcus Peters is one of the best corners in the league. Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey – is probably the I mean we you can make an argument it's the best cornerback tandem. We can make yeah. make an argument with that, you know. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And losing him is catastrophic for the Ravens. I don't know how they recover from that. I really don't. They still have a good defense, yes, but when you don't have that cover corner outside, I mean that hurts. 
that completely hurts. And what sucks too is that happened on back-to-back plays with Gus Edwards and then Marcus Peters. Tragic. Yeah, it's it's terrible, you know. But I think now I'm right there with you. Like the Browns need to win the division now. There is no excuse. Like there is literally no none. excuse. Then that added pressure. We'll see what happens. Yeah, because up until Thursday, I was I had the Ravens. I had the Ravens so literally written down. And then so yep. And then once those injuries occurred, I was like, okay. I mean, <clears throat> this is the Browns. The Browns have to make this move now. All right, so JD, let's move on now to the NFC side of things. The NFC East, your winner this year is? The NFC East, my winner is going to be Dallas. But I do think Washington will make it for the wild card. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Washington has a good defense, better defense than Dallas. But Dallas is so high-powered, man. Their offense is, is ridiculous, man. They can score with any team. They lost to the Super Bowl champions. You know what I'm saying? It's, but you can make an argument they shouldn't have lost, man. If they no, make they a couple, have. If they make a couple yeah. picks, they win. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm yeah. going to give Dallas not. I'll give Washington that. Um, I'll give him one of the wild card spots. Yeah, I have Dallas too. Just because, like you said, there. I mean, the offense is legit, and I think the defense is going to be better under Dan Quinn as defensive yeah. coordinator as well. All right, I didn't the do NS, that. We're good. Oh no, they didn't. They forced no, they... what? Three turnovers? Four turnovers? Yep. Yep. All right, the NFC West, JD. This is a, this is again probably the toughest division in football. You know, who do you have winning I... the NFC West? I got the uh, the Seahawks winning the NFC West. Um, I think they are just – they're bona fide. They bring back most of their starters from last year. And um, the Rams, we still have yet to see what happens with uh, Matt Stafford. I think Matt Stafford will be, will be good, you know. I, I think he's what Jared Goff wishes he was in a good mm-hmm. quarterback. I've always been high on Matt Stafford. I just think he was in a bad spot in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Um so I do think the Rams still make the playoffs, but I, I'm going to give the win to the Seahawks. Yeah, see, I actually have I have the Rams because I think that Matt Stafford and Sean McVay is just going to be disgusting. Yeah, I think that, that's going to be. Yeah, I think I think I mean that division is going to be an absolute bloodbath too with the 49ers, the Cardinals. I think there's going to be three teams out of the NFC West that make the playoffs too, just like the AFC North was last year. I agree. I agree. I'm right there with you. NFC South, we can all agree, Tampa Bay, right? Tampa Bay is taking that easily. Yeah, that's easy. And then NFC North, anybody other than Green Bay? No, the Vikings are on a slide. Dalvin Cook isn't that good. And uh, Kirk Cousins, I've, I've always thought Kirk Cousins was a mediocre quarterback. So Agreed. All right, so, J.D., who are your three uh, AFC wildcard, I guess, winners? My AFC wildcard winners are I got the Ravens, mm-hmm. the Chargers, and the Titans. Those are my three wild cards from the AFC. Okay. Yeah. So I have... for the AFC playoffs, I got the Chiefs, Bills, Ravens, Colts, Browns, uh, the Dolphins. No, I didn't have the Dolphins. No, and uh, Chargers. Yeah. So I have, I'm right there with you. I have the Ravens and the Chargers, but I have the Dolphins making making it okay. over. Well, because I had Tennessee winning. So mine are. That's right. Bu- That's right. Bu- uh, Buffalo, Kansas City, Tennessee, Cleveland, Baltimore, Miami, and the Chargers. Your NFC wildcard winners are? My NFC wildcard winners are Washington, uh, the Rams, and the 49ers. Mm-hmm. I think those are pretty safe picks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm exactly opposite of you. I, I have the Seahawks, the 49ers, and Washington football team. Yeah. There it is. We'll see All with right. Washington, man. 
Dude, they're fun, man. That defense is unbelievable. And I don't know. Their we'll defense what... is unbelievable. We'll see about Fitzpatrick. It's all about it's what magic, Fitzpatrick baby. Does. Yeah. We'll see, man. He always tapers off at the end of the year. So yeah. All right. So uh who uh will be representing the uh I guess the AFC and the AFC championship gate uh game, JD. Who do you think is gonna be I got I got the Bucks and the Browns representing the AFC. I just think, like, if the Browns had a fair shot at the Bills last year, they would have beat them. I just mm-hmm. think they're hungrier. You know what I'm saying? They got a more – I know the Bills' offense is good, mm-hmm. but I just think the Browns' offense is just so high-powered, man. They can, mm-hmm. they can put up 45, 50 on anybody. And the Bucks are the Bucks, man. They're just – that's Tom Brady. So, wait, so uh, who is your, uh, your Super Bowl then? My, <laughs> my Super Bowl. I, I got the Browns. I, I got the Bucks beating the Browns to go to the Super wow. Bowl. Wow. Dang. So, I mean, I had, like, in my AFC title game, I actually have Buffalo and Kansas City, and then I have the Rams against the Packers. And then in the Super Bowl, I I actually put down – I put down the Bills and the Packers, and I have the Packers winning the Super Bowl. I just think (laughs) – yeah, dude, I just think that this is is Aaron Rodgers' swan song, man. This is probably his last year there, and I think that – I don't know why this just – I just feel like this is a story where, like, He's going to end up and win it of all seasons this year. And he's just going to ride out of Green Bay, like, and that's it. I mean, that's a fair take. I mean, I have Green Bay coming out the NFC, but I just don't think Aaron Rodgers I, – I just don't think he's ready for Tom Brady. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I just don't. I don't yeah. think the team's right. Not not just Aaron Rodgers, but the whole – the Green Bay as a whole. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. – Yeah. No, I hear you. All right, so, Jay, real quick, we're going to go through our week one picks – just pick who's going to win and lose for each game this week. Obviously, we can't do the uh, um, the Bucks Cowboys. You already know the Bucks won that on Thursday night, and we already made our mm-hmm. prediction for the Browns and Chiefs. So, JD, we'll start with the one o'clock games tomorrow. But <laughs> let's start off with this one: the Jacksonville Jaguars against the Houston Texans. Houston, Texas. Who wins? Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. T. Lawrence gets his first win on week one. Okay. I just, I mean, the Texans are just a mess, dude. You know, mm-hmm. at least you can say Jacksonville's actually building something there. You know, at least you can say that they got something to play for. Sure. Urban Meyer's hungry, and the Texans are just uh, abysmal. That that whole situation is just so messy. And I, you know, I'm a Tyrod Taylor fan. I am. I respect him as a pro. Mm-hmm. I just don't think he's like a winner all like that in the NFL. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna get the nod to the Jags. Sure. Um, yeah, I have the Jags as well. I think Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence get their first NFL wins. Uh, game number two, the Chargers against the Washington football team. Yeah, I'm going to go to Washington. I just think defense defense always overpowers offense in any aspect of a football game. And uh, I just think Chase Young was hungry, especially after getting hurt for most of the year last year. I just think he comes back, and this is this is Chase Young's coming out season. Is uh this season. I think Chase Young has a, has a big game against him. Yeah, I have them as well. I think Washington wins as well. Uh, Seahawks versus Colts. Probably one of the better matchups of the weekend. Yeah, this will be a good one, but I do think Seattle takes this one. Russell Wilson established. He knows the offense. He knows exactly what he's doing out there. Their defense is no slouch either. And uh, I we don't know what we have in Carson once yet. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Especially with the Colts. We don't know if he's seeing ghosts or whatever. He's just coming back off injury. Mm-hmm. I give the nod to the Seahawks on this one. 
Yeah, I have the Seahawks as well. I think that this is going to be like one of those 24-23 type of deals, I think. Yeah, yeah. All right, Jets-Panthers. Sam Darnold faces his former team. Yeah, I'm going to give it to the Panthers. I think this uh, this uh, this new change of scenery is good for Sam Darnold. You know, I don't think Sam Darnold was given a fair shot in, in New York. New York's a terrible franchise, top to bottom. They really are. Um, and Carolina, you know, they, they know what they're doing over there. You know, they might not have the talent to do it all, but I think this is a good, 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 good space for Sam Darnold. And I think he starts to turn it around a little bit. I don't know if he's an elite quarterback in that aspect, but I mean, that's still yet to be seen. You know, I could, I could argue he wasn't given a fair shot yet. So I'll, I'll give the nod to the Panthers. Yeah, I do too. Again, I mean, let's be honest. Sam Darnold never has never had, you know, with the Jets, the type of weapons he has in Carolina now right. with uh, CMC and Robbie Anderson just yeah. right off the exactly. right off the jump. You know, I yeah, the Panthers winning that one as well. I am curious to see though how uh, Zach Wilson performs in his debut game. I'm high on Zach Wilson, man. Everybody says he's like Johnny Benzelish. I'm not, I do not. I don't see that. that at all. I think that's I don't a rid- see that. That's an outlandish statement. That's a Calvin Calvertism. <laughs> <laughs> just ridiculous all right man uh next game vikings at Bengals. the minnesota vikings travel to cincinnati who you got yeah i'm gonna give it to the vikings here you know i just think joe burrow isn't gonna be ready and just comfortable playing yet full speed against nfl starters till about week three week four um i'm not gonna say he's not gonna perform i just think the vikings are they're just a more established franchise in that aspect you know what i'm saying Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, I just think that the Vikings have too much offensive firepower, and the Bengals didn't really do much to really revamp their one of the worst defenses in the league last year, or like, or their like, offensive line. So yeah, for oh my god, I, for, for Joe Burrow's sake, man, that still makes me angry. I don't understand what they're doing. I don't understand what they're doing at all. It makes no sense, but whatever. That's why. I don't know. I'm here. I guess it's easier for me to comment on it, but whatever. Uh, next game. This is another fantastic matchup. The Arizona Cardinals against the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, I'm going to give it to the Titans on this one. See, yeah, I, I do. I just – I'm going to give it to the Titans. I'm excited to see the new wide receiver tandem. I mean, they got a three-headed monster over there – or a two-headed monster now. They let go of uh, what's-his-face. But I just think that uh, that offense – you know, Arizona's good. But I still think they're missing a couple pieces on offense, man. Kyler Murray's See, good. DeAndre Hopkins is good. You know what I'm saying? Good, but yeah, like, but like I think but, their issues, their issues coaching. I think I think they're coaching. I, I just bad. don't think they they do it right to win games. Like yeah, they put up absurd numbers. Yes, they do. Kyler Murray does. DeAndre Hopkins does. But I just don't think they're built to win like long term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I agree. Again, I think Kyler Murray's the top. I think he's the top five quarterback in the league. I think he's unbelievable. You know, but again, I just. I don't trust Cliff Kingsbury over there. He couldn't he, he couldn't even hold down a head coaching job in college. Like I don't understand how like anybody expects him to succeed in the NFL. Like he just is not head coach material. Fantastic right. offensive mind, but if, he, if he's sure. if he's in charge of the whole thing, no, that's it. Just go sit in your nice multi-million dollar home in Arizona that ESPN loved to show during the draft a couple of years ago. Yeah, they did. All right, man. I think this is a pretty easy one, but 49ers versus the Lions. Obviously, I got the 49ers here. What, yeah. what, what's going to be interesting with the 49ers is I think they're going to go like a dual quarterback system this year. I know Trey Lance is out for a couple games. But uh, come like week three, week four, 
I think they're going to implement like a dual quarterback system. You know what I'm saying? When I think Trey Lance is going to come in and like, um, like red zone opportunities where he can use his legs. And then they're going to go to G- Jimmy Garoppolo like 75% of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see what happens. Um, but yeah, I have the 49ers winning tomorrow. Again, I think the Lions are in a long rebuild right now because they after years and years of just completely utterly failing and falling flat on their faces. I think that they finally embraced the rebuild and they're uh they're all I think they're just like, I mean, again, nobody's tanking like the Texans, but I think that the Lions are tanking as well in hopes of getting a top uh pick in not just next year's draft, but I think the following years as well. All right, man, the Steelers against the Bills. I think this is a very intriguing week one matchup, but Steelers-Bills. I do, too. I do, too, and the Steelers always start strong. They really do. They're, mm-hmm. they're a tough team, but I'm going to give it to the Bills here. I just think they're on a they're on a mission this year, you know what I'm saying, after getting snubbed for so long and being exposed in the playoffs to the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. I just think they're on a mission, and I don't – you know, we talked about the Steelers last week. As the Steelers, are, they're going to regress quite a bit this year. I don't think the Steelers have the offensive firepower to keep up with the Bills. I don't. Yeah, I agree. It's I think the Bills win. Um, I think I think they win. It's probably like a, like a 27-20 type of deal. Eagles versus Falcons. The oh, this is an interesting one. Mm-hmm. This is an interesting matchup here, but I'm going to give the nod to the Falcons. Okay. Uh, the Falcons. I think they got. They just loaded up. They loaded up on offense. And the Eagles, I mean, yeah, they got Jalen Hurts, but I still don't think Jalen Hurts has proven enough to, you know, he's got to show me something. He's got to show me he can win a game first. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I just think the off, like the, the Atlanta Falcons offense will easily take that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have, I have the Falcons as well. Again, I just think that the offensive weapons that the Falcons have, and with Arthur Smith coming over as head coach, I just think that they're going to have – they're going to put together a nice little passing game. I think Kyle Pitts is going to be dominant. And um, again, they, I think, I don't think the Eagles have anybody who can stop Kelvin Ridley on the outside. So. All right, next one, we're going to move on to the four o'clock games, Packers saints. I mean, obviously this is uh, being played in Jacksonville with uh, due to obviously the devastating uh, events of hurricane Ida hitting the city of new Orleans, but who do you have in the Packers against the saints? I got the Packers. I got them easily. You know, I'm not high on Daniel Clemson at all. Yeah. Never have been. I wasn't high on him in college either. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he's the answer there. Uh, so I got the Packers. Aaron Rodgers, you know, I'm not going to say he's on a mission this year, but he's just levels levels ahead offensively than anything mm-hmm. that the New Orleans Saints can handle. Yeah, I have, um, I have the Packers as well. Um, again, they're, I think, I think that the Saints are going to throw the ball a ton. But um, I I just I just don't think they can hang with the Packers. I think Aaron Rodgers right. is just too good. Um, Broncos Giants. Oh, this would be an interesting game, but I'm gonna give the nod to the Giants. The Giants have a surprisingly good defense. You know, I'm I don't have faith in Daniel Jones at all. But mm-hmm. you know, he's got a couple years under his belt now, so he's semi reliable. I'm gonna give the nod to the Giants here. Uh, see, I think I think the Broncos. I just think that I think that the Broncos. They actually have a lot of offensive weapons, and I think that Te- Teddy Bridgewater is a significant upgrade over Drew Locke over there. So I think that uh, I think I think the Broncos will win just because the Giants just don't have much, man. And Daniel Jones is just terrible. It's, he's just so bad. 
All right, next one. Dolphins, Patriots. Wow, this would be a good game. But I'm going to give the nod to the Dolphins. Dolphins are on the up and up. Okay. Mac Jones, rookie quarterback. But I just think uh, the, the the Dolphins are doing – they're doing what the Browns are doing. They're building it from the ground up. You know what I'm saying? And they made a huge leap last year, went 10-7. and seven, Or 10-6. Uh, and, and, six. Six. Uh, and I expect them to go like 11-6 and six this year. I'm going to give the nod to the Dolphins on this one. I don't think they lose week one and start on a one-game skid. Oh, man. See, I, th- I think that the Patriots are going to have that Mac Jones euphoria. And I don't know what it is, but Bill Belichick always schemes and always just confuses uh, his old uh, his old protege, uh, Brian Flores. So I'm going to give yeah. the edge to the Patriots just because I think – and, again, the Patriots are going to have a full stadium again. Like, it's um, – yeah, I don't know. I just I think they're gonna be swept up the Mac, the Mac Jones mania, and I think the Patriots win this one. It's gonna be like a 23-20 type of score. Plus, I don't I'm not sold on Tua yet. I need to see Tua do something first. See, I I think Tua, you know, I haven't seen him a lot either. Nobody really has, but I think Tua will end up a solid NFL starter. Uh, he might end up a journeyman kind of guy like uh, Fitzpatrick, someone that you can kind of hold your hat on. I know he's kind of unorthodox the way he plays. But I sure. think that's the way the NFL kind of leans nowadays with the quarterbacks. You got Kyler, you got Lamar Jackson, you got Josh Allen, quarterbacks that can do it with their legs sometimes. And even Baker Mayfield, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think Tua Tagovailoa like, kind of sits in that realm of quarterbacks. So. Mm-hmm. Next, we go to the Sunday night football matchup. The Bears visit SoFi Stadium and see the Los Angeles Rams. Who you got? I got the Rams just because of their defense. You know what I'm saying? They – they didn't rebuild their defense after they lost uh, Troy Hill and uh, John, Johnson. John Johnson. They kind of just reloaded. You know what I'm saying? Their their backups aren't no scrubs either, and they got a good they got a good um, defensive coach too. So yeah, I'm gonna give it to the Rams there. Yeah, well, I think the difference just is look at the quarterback Matt Stafford and yeah. Sean McVay, and then you have yeah. uh, you have Matt Nagy and Andy Dalton. Again, I, yeah. I, I don't. I don't, I don't really, know why Andy Dalton's starting to. That's so bad. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand why Justin Fields isn't playing. I mean, you just. I mean, let just get him out there. Let him play. I don't really understand what you're trying to accomplish with Andy Dalton. I really don't. And then um, Monday Night Football, JD, Baltimore Ravens visit the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders' first uh, home game with a full with full capacity crowds uh, since moving to Vegas. What do you got? I'm going to give it to Las Vegas Raiders here. I just think the, the, the Ravens have a lot to figure out, especially offensively. And and you know what? Defensively now, too, with Marcus Peters going down. I think they got a lot to figure out. And I just think Las Vegas and John Gruden is scheming for that. John Gruden's a great schemer. Took out Kansas City last year, you know what I'm saying, in the regular season. I just think he's prepared for this and he's ready. You know, he's a $100 million coach. And I just think, I, I, I think he gets the job done. I think he gets it done week one. And not only that, the Raiders fans are fucking nuts, dude. They are <laughs> absolutely fucking nuts. I think that comes into part. Yeah, I have the Ravens just because I think that, again, the Raiders did nothing on defense to improve another piss-poor uh, defensive team last year. You know, I just – I don't think they're going to be able to slow down Lamar Jackson. And then, again, I just – I think I think John Harbaugh is significantly better than John Gruden. So, And I think that Harbaugh is – a better schemer than Gruden is. So I think that, I think that 
the Ravens go in there and come out with uh, like a 31 20, like a 31 30 victory. Because that's what the Raiders do. That's what the Raiders do. Every game they know, lose they is always fucking, by like one or three, and it's high scoring. Yep. I know. And that's what it is. I know. But all right, man, you have uh, you have anything else you want to say before we wrap Ugh. it up? Oh, wow. Nothing. Yeah, you like that? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Notre Dame's going to lose to Toledo. This is fantastic. I'm, I'm just nervous, man. Nervous about tomorrow, man. I'm excited but nervous. Yeah, I'm so excited. I'm just excited that Browns football is back. But look, I and look, I think I do think it's fair though, man, to where like I, I I mean, again, you and I aren't good at this, but I think it's fair for it's fair to say everybody else to do this, but like we just can't overreact to week one. We can't. Like look what I happened. Oh man. Look what happened last year. And again, no, I'm the king of overreacting. I know I'm going to no matter what. I'll probably be calling for Joe Woods to get fired after tomorrow's <laughs> game. Okay. No, after That's- tomorrow's game, I'm gonna give it one quarter. <laughs> I'm gonna give it one fucking quarter when the Chiefs are up. When the Chiefs are up, when they're up fourteen to six, and the Browns take two field goals, I, I, I guarantee I'm gonna get a, a text about calling for Joe Woods. Today. I hit think. you guys. I hit you guys with the group and the group text. All right, Joe go, Woods man. needs to go. Thirty seconds in. Oh well, I, I, well, regardless of what happens, we're gonna have a a pretty crazy show for you guys next week. Oh yeah, you don't even know. It's uh, our buddy Timmy. You might remember him from last last year, but he uh, it's his bachelor party, and then we have we are attending the home opener next weekend against the Houston Texans. Me, Brad, and JD will be in attendance. It's going to be so much fun. Be a good time. It's gonna be awesome. But all right, for JD, I'm Walk. As always, deuces. go Browns and deuces. Oh.